Chapter Ten of White Rose of Weary Leaf by Violet Hunt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten. Daddy said the little Erina, raising her voice and glancing slavishly at her half sister. When can we go to the purple fields? Amy knew perfectly well that Dulce was setting the scene for Dickinson's proposal and using the innocent child as prompter. Mr. Dickinson was present, but his fascinating imperturbability was proof against the vast amount of wasted magnetism that was flying about the breakfast table that morning. "'Very well, I'll go,' Mr. Dand agreed. "'But it must be on a Saturday, of course, and Edith must promise to give us enough to eat. Last time—' "'Cook forgot exactly half the sandwiches,' said Mrs. Dand hastily. "'Amy must see to it. Yes, we will show Dickinson what Erina calls the Purple Fields, vulgarly known as Dobbs Moor. It's a mass of heather, and it's out now. Shall we ask the Judds, or will it bore you, Jeremy? Oh, ask everyone. No one person bores me more than another. Everyone bores you except Mr. Johnson, said his wife pettishly. And I know Johnson so well that he has bored and bored till he has bored out at the other end. "'You are so dreadfully fastidious, Jeremy,' she said lovingly. "'I dislike that word applied to anything but personal cleanliness.' "'Daddy has two baths a day sometimes,' piped the child. "'I see you, Remy, going down to the bath from my window in the mornings,' said Lady Medrow. "'You and Mr. Dickinson. How do you appreciate bathing on blue tiles sunk in the ground, like an ancient Roman, Mr. Dickinson? I like it. I can't say I do, said his host. It is cold sometimes. Then why do you do it, Daddy? asked the child. Because I am an Englishman. Then you ought to shoot, too, remarked Dulce, to be consistent. As if Englishmen were ever consistent. I don't see why I should shoot if I dislike it. I employ an official to hang my criminals for me, and I get a friend, Dickinson here, to shoot my pheasants. The old fort tradesmen have to be supplied, but I have no taste for doing my own dirty work. The ill-sounding phrase drew a slight wave of expression over the pink face of the young man, but the surface was soon clear and blank again, and he sat regarding his host as he might some animal, both strange and weird but yet a gentleman and a member of his order. Amy watched him with intense interest. She did not care to lose one of the occasional ripples of thought that passed over the placid mirror of his face that poor Dulce loved. "'But you do fish, father, and that's cruel,' said Dulce. "'Possibly. But, as I told you, my inconsistency does not trouble me at all, thank you. Now I am off to the library.' "'By the way, Edith, don't, as you say, omit to ask the vicarage people on Saturday. "'It will amuse them, and I will have Johnson over to amuse me. "'He will look so delightfully awkward sitting on a heather bump like a yellow calceolera.' "'Amy thought him a strange mixture of brutality and kindness "'as she followed Dulce into the library, where Dulce had followed Dickinson "'with her strange, dull, concentrated air.' Amy helped to cover this unwise proceeding, since she could not prevent it. With her unbiased eyes, she saw plainly that Mr. Dickinson, whether he meant to take Dulce and her money or not, had no immediate desire for her company. 
he was not used to women in the smoking-room he even preferred them in the deep depths of his subconsciousness not to smoke and dulce did not smoke prettily and it darkened her teeth not good at the best of times amy at that moment arranged a proverb for her heiresses should neither be seen nor heard before marriage what is this johnson mr dykinson asked languidly he is an author and a socialist and my secretary i can't stand socialists dykinson protested they don't wash that's the old-fashioned sort of socialist the modern sort is as clean as you or i only it chooses to work out its salvation in flannel instead of starched linen a socialist can't make himself into a gentleman if he tries he doesn't want to he knows there are better dreams going than your obsolete feudal one and that other virtues besides good form are to be allowed to have a look in i am a socialist said amy heartily and her unnecessary self-assertion was punished by a stony glare from mr dykinson as who should say of course you are how could a little governess be anything else you have all to gain mr dand went on amy knew that he was amusing himself it is really a very curious and beautiful thing this mysterious quality we have agreed to call good form breeding style what you will the formula of commendation varies it reminds me speaking archaeologically of the patina that antiquaries find on certain flint implements that have been buried in the soil for thousands of years their surface is subtly altered there comes a sort of beautiful outside wash or veneer i beg your pardon remarked mr dykinson i should have said that in our case it was no wash or veneer but something that went through and through that's right dykinson stand up for our poor old much abused order we will say then that this precious essence wells up from the very centre of the aristocratic being exudes through all the willing pores and forms a glaze anyway it's there but it doesn't count any more it will have to go considered as an asset picturesque but useless i'm sorry miss stevens to hear you are one of those tiresome people who are trying to get us all back to the land in our own despite i am not speaking of those that are already there unhappy landowners like me they of course will have to turn out to make room for the city spadeholders oh me said amy that isn't a part of the program i am keen on very few people are good at digging nowadays and she laughed i maintain that a woman without a maid goes back to the land every time she brushes her own skirt all we women who labour in the sweat of our brows pay toll to the earth and even the rich ones get into direct conflict with nature every time they go out on a cold day and wrestle with an expensive veil that won't keep tied up or a warm coat that won't keep shut we can't escape and i for one don't want to it hardens us yes and your complexions too said mr dand brutally looking at his daughter a woman's complexion is her true battleground fight with nature there and win jeremy is right said mrs dand passing waxen pink fingers tipped with shining almonds over a clear soft cheek dulce take your father's hint though amy's cheek was not rough she did not could not keep her hands well they were clean that was all end of chapter ten read by lisa reichert